Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Yeah, I want to, let me tell you a little bit about where we're going here tonight. If you were here last week, we started a new series uh, called uh, Asking for a Friend. And Alan uh, kind of started us off last week with the, the first topic of doesn't, uh, I'm sorry, uh, that's, the, that's what we're doing tonight. Um, we're doing tonight, doesn't science just prove Christianity? But here's the last, last week was, is Christianity the only way? You know, so what we're doing with these topics here is we've got some topics that maybe you would have questions about in terms of your Christian faith, okay? Or maybe as a, the series kind of you know, implies here, maybe you've been asked these questions by a friend and you want to know how to answer. Maybe you don't know how to answer. So by this, going through these, we want to hopefully give you some of those answers, but as Alan mentioned last week, we won't answer everything that you may have, every question you may have. However, we do want to give you some reason, give you answers so that you understand that your Christian faith is a rational faith. It's just not something that you hope is true. There's reasons that we believe these things. Um, also, another thing just want to uh, kind of get out on the table here is that in a room this size, we understand there are, you're, there are people here in different places in their spiritual journey. You may be here that you don't even identify really as a follower of Jesus, okay? And you're not sure about this God stuff. But you heard about these topics, these questions about science and faith and religion. And you're here because you think, I want to hear some of that. I'm intrigued and your, your interest is piqued. Okay, we're glad you're here. Or maybe you are a follower of Jesus, and you've had some of these questions about science and Christianity, and you're here because you want to kind of know, why do I believe in my, my faith, and how does it relate to science? Or maybe you're out here, and, and science just makes your head hurt, okay? And you're sitting here going, you know, I don't want to, I don't know, but I don't want to know a whole lot about science. However, uh, I do want to hear some of these from, from some of these professors, and uh, and 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 kind of hear what they have to say about this topic. So let me uh, do this. I'm going to kind of step back out of the way here, and I'm going to kind of ask some questions here, and I'm going to let them talk. So first thing, let me do, let me just let y'all introduce yourself, tell us uh, titles, a little bit about your background, academic, and kind of where you from and how you got here to UGA. So start with you, Janine. Okay, good evening, y'all. It's really great to see you out tonight. Thank you for spending time with us and letting us uh, share our our points of view and our ideas about Christianity. So I'm Janine Sherrier. I am a professor in crop and soil sciences. Um, I want to tell you a little bit how, um, well, about how I got here and my educational background. So I pursued a bachelor's degree in biology at Baylor University. I went on to pursue, my husband and I um, moved on to Texas A&M where I earned a PhD in biology. Then I had a great opportunity to move to Europe, uh, to England, to the John Ennis Center, where I studied genetics. Uh, at, and the, the John Ennis is a, a great place really to get that experience. And then we had a surprise opportunity to move just down the road to 
the University of Cambridge, where in the Department of Biochemistry, I was the sole American. The, they called me the colonist, by the way. Um, and then I took, my, I took my first faculty job at the University of Delaware, and I stayed there for over 20 years and rose through the ranks. And during that time, I, I ran a large research program. I also had lots of um, leadership opportunities, serving as interim research dean. So research and science has always been in my heart. I ran a large program in Washington, D.C., um, supporting research. Um, and then I moved to UGA in 2018 to become the department head in crop and soil sciences. Okay? And recently have now moved back into my faculty position where I can do research. So mm -hmm. thank you all. all right. Thanks. Russ? So um, I, I'm Russ Carlson, and I, uh, I graduated from uh, North Park University. That's the, it was called North Park College at that time. It's in Chicago. And uh, I graduated 54 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed a day over no, 50. No, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, <clears throat> while there, uh, I uh, had a Bachelor of Arts degree, not, uh, not, you know, here you would probably get a Bachelor of Science degree or something like that, but at North Park it's a Bachelor of Arts degree with a major in chemistry and a minor in mathematics, almost a minor in physics. And uh, then <clears throat> after that I went to... Uh, uh, University of Colorado, and I studied biochemistry in the chemistry department at the University of Colorado and received my PhD there in 1976. And uh, then uh, from there, I worked at Monsanto Agricultural Products Company in St. Louis for a little over a year and decided I preferred academics to, to uh, industrial research and uh, went to a smaller university called Eastern Illinois University uh, in uh, Charleston, Illinois. Now, how many of you ever know about Eastern Illinois University? Anybody here? So you've heard of Tony Romo? He's a quarterback. He was from Eastern Illinois University. How about Garoppolo? You've heard of him? He's from Eastern Illinois University. Okay, so there Picking you Picking up you're proud of Eastern uh, Illinois. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it was a good experience. I was there for uh, nine years, and then uh, I was asked to come and join the Complex Carbohydrate Research Center here at the University of Georgia. And uh, we moved here in uh, 1988. And uh, at the time we moved, my wife and I had four children. The youngest was 14. And a, and a year after we were here, we had our fifth child. And uh, uh, we blame it on the humidity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, and then we had a sixth child. So one son, one son and five daughters. We like girls. And, uh, and so I, I uh, teach, uh, I taught biochemistry here for many, many years until I retired from teaching uh, in 2014. I had a a large research uh, effort here in plant microbe interactions and part of that time when Janine was at Delaware we actually collaborated on scientific projects. We didn't really discuss too much at those times about faith and science or anything. In fact, I'm not even sure I knew what Janine thought about any of those things. So 
it's interesting that in some way we're collaborating in a completely different way here uh, tonight. So uh, let me ask y'all, y'all, you can hear they got, you know, degrees out the wazoo. So why did you pursue uh, science, in a career in sciences? What, you know, what led you to pursue being a professor in the sciences? What do you think? What was your reasoning? Well, two things. One is I love biology. I love living things, every little creature. I, I just love life. And so I always wanted to study bi biology. And then the academic part, of course, I could make more money in industry, but it's, I love being um, in academia where you can explore a wide diversity of ideas. You're not necessarily shooting to make money, you're, but you are trying to make a difference um, to, you know, to increase that knowledge barrier and to make people's lives better. And working with students, you know, over the years, just watching the growth of my students, you know, that became much more important to me. Mm -hmm. So that's really what kept me in academia. All right. All right. What about you, Russ? What kind of led you to pursue that? Uh, well, it, <clears throat> my, when I was, my father is a pastor, by the way, and so I grew up in a pastor's home, and sometimes that gives people a bad connotation, and sometimes it's a good one. There's all kinds of stories about preacher's kids, you know, yeah. So, but my mom and my dad were wonderful people. My mother, uh, when I was five years old, re would read a book to me. I don't know that she even remembered this, but it was a book about nature, about processes in nature, but that always had a, a spiritual application uh, from nature. And so I was always interested in, <laughs> in that from a very young, from a very young age. And... Uh, in fact, even though when I went to North Park uh, University, the, the, uh, it was a Bachelor of Arts degree, and you're supposed to take philosophy and economics and Old Testament and New Testament because it was our church school and philosophy and music and all those things. I took nothing but chemistry, physics, and mathematics my first two years and had to catch up on all that other stuff the last two years. And uh, it was suffering, suffering, you know, but uh, no. <laughs> I actually enjoyed uh, most of that. So, and then after that, I just was interested in science, so I wanted to pursue science, so I got into the graduate school at the University of Colorado, and then from there to Monsanto, and uh, didn't care for industrial research, so I pursued a career in academics. And so, I became a professor simply because I pursued science. It wasn't my goal to be a professor, uh, I just, that's where I ended up. Well, thanks for just sharing a little bit of this background here, but the main reason we have you here tonight is to, to talk about this, this whole aspect of science and Christianity, and Christianity is sometimes portrayed as anti-science, or that science has disproved Christianity. So can you tell us maybe anything about any apparent, maybe conflicts that you dealt with as you grew up, or maybe in, as you've been in academia? Any kind of any things that you felt like have been things that you wrestle with? Well, I can tell you, they sent these questions in advance, and this was the hardest one for me, honestly, because for me, my career and my Christianity really have been seamless. There hasn't been conflict, and really, this has not been an issue in my life. In fact, I feel like because of my great respect and um, the way I honor life, I think I 
I do better science, or I do science from maybe a different perspective than somebody else who may not have the same point of view. So, yeah, right. that's my right. honest, I wish I could come up with some drama, but I'm sorry I can't. <laughs> so in some ways, it kind of basically, is that even though that's a perception out there, it's often really not the truth oftentimes for, for a lot of folks. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I, someone asked me about it, you know, I had people tease me maybe because I went to church, but I had people tease me for a lot of things I did, right? Because I ate cucumber and whatever <laughs> sandwiches. So, it, you know, it really wasn't ever an issue, not during my training, um, not during my professional experiences with other researchers. You know, there was always that respect for one another. And, um, yeah. Hmm. Russ, what about you? Any conflicts that you've felt through the years? Uh, well, actually, no, not, not sort of like Janina, it was never an issue for me at all uh, 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 through high school or college, and even it wasn't really uh, brought up too much. And uh, in uh, the first time I encountered some was from a fellow graduate student when I was at the University of Colorado when we were talking, and I mentioned that I was a Christian, and she said, oh, I thought only unintelligent people believe that. Uh, of course, I disagreed because I was helping her study for a test. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah, <laughs> you, you know. So I thought it was a little bit, a little bit funny. But uh, and as, as far as as far as um, uh, Christianity being anti-science, I would like to say that something that something that a lot of students studying science. How many are studying some aspect of science, biology? I see a lot of you here tonight. So do you know, uh, so I'm going to give you a, a name. Uh, do, how many are studied had chemistry? So have you heard of Boyle's Law? Do you know what that is? PV equals NRT. That's Boyle's Law. If you don't know, don't, it doesn't matter. There will be a okay, test at the end. Okay, there's not a test. <laughs> okay. PV equals NRT. It's a famous thing. Boyle's Law. Do you know what Boyle believed about faith? Has it, have you ever read that or not? He was a preacher and a Christian, okay? So Robert Boyle was a Christian. Uh, James Clerk Maxwell was a Christian. Louis Pasteur was a Christian. Isaac Newton was a Christian, okay? All the uh, fathers of almost every scientific discipline were believers in Christianity. And uh, we don't learn those things when we're studying science, and I think it would be a good thing <laughs> For people to uh, to understand uh, some of these things, you know, and uh, they believe that God created the world, and because He's an orderly Creator, we should be able to understand nature by studying it and uh, seeing the evidence and using reason, because we are made in God's image. Okay, so. So, Russ, it seems like, you know, y'all are saying that, that even though they made that, that perception out there, that if you look at a lot of scientists and stuff, that there's plenty of evidence or plenty of examples out there of people that are very prominent scientists that are also very strong people of faith. And so there may be yeah. a lot of mis misperception out there. Yes. I mentioned that. historical figures, but there's also a lot of uh, scientists today who are also Christians as yeah. well. Uh, you're looking at two here this morning. So you so, know there's at least two, right? So how do you answer this question or this statement that science has disproved Christianity? How would you answer that? That's our 
thing. What, what, what would you say? Has science disproved Christianity? No way. I mean, n no. There's just mm. no evidence for that, I, in my view. All right. Any other any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I agree with Janine. I don't okay. think there's I don't think there's a, a lot of uh, evidence for that. I think you would have to, we have would have to hear why do some people think science okay. has disproved yeah. Christianity? And I think it's because when we hear of uh, things about evolution and so on, usually it's coming from what I would call one of the modern uh, atheists like Richard Dawkins or somebody like that who have what, what is called a, a materialistic philosophy or worldview, and that is that matter and energy are all there is and the, everything came from the laws of physics and chemistry working on matter and energy. And that process uh, substituted for God. And uh, so... Um, uh, well, let's drill a little deeper there then, right? That's kind of what you're talking about there. Because there's often the assumption is made among college students, I think, is that evolution has been proven true. Therefore, Christianity must be false. So how would you describe belief in evolution and its impact on a person and being a follower of Christ? So how do those two coincide? Janine, you want to tackle that? Yeah, so I'll jump in. I'm the molecular biologist up here who works on genetics and uh, again, never a conflict. So, you know, I think Russ and I may um, have come to peace with this in a slightly different way. In my view, when I, when I read the Bible and when I read Genesis, I'm reading about the creation of the world, right? And I read that God created the world, and I, I can believe that. I believe it with all my heart. Okay, God the creator. When I'm in a molecular biology lab, and I'm looking at gene expression, or looking at the diversity of a single gene across 2,000 species, and seeing these small changes, I see evolution. And that's okay with me, right? Because in the Bible, it didn't talk about amino acids. It didn't talk about DNA and RNA. It talked about God creating the world. In my molecular biology class, I don't talk about why the world came to be. We try to figure out how it came to be, right? And there are things that we know in great detail from biology we know to be true, right? There are, are facts that there's a hydrogen bond here, that this, um, these molecules bond to one another, this gene causes an extra limb to form. We know those to be true, but that's not the entire story. And a frequent thing that I tell people when they join my lab is that, okay, we always approach science with a hypothesis. We, we think, we know how things are gonna turn out. We've, we're testing a theory, we follow a scientific method. However, I always remind them to trust the results. And we can walk in and we can have a biased point of view from the beginning. And I remind them that nature is always gonna teach us something. So even though we know a great deal in science, and certainly, there have been amazing advances 
in modern medicine and in biology and science. We have a lot more to learn. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, well, ev evolution is a, is a big word, you know, and it, it means a variety of things. So I just mentioned someone like Richard Dawkins who has imposed materialism into, into evolution. And uh, so there, and, but there are many scientists of faith who, uh, who accept evolution at, diff at different levels. And where there's disagreement, it's what, what, does, what can evolution as a mechanism which is, uh, in, in modern terms, would be random mutation and natural selection. Uh, what can that do and what can it do? What are its limits and so on, uh, if anything? And some, some scientists believe it can, the, it, the mechanism is powerful to cause a lot of, a lot of smaller changes. Some people think it's, uh, scientists of faith thinks that it's a mechanism that accounts for all of the diversity of life you know, and that God, uh, that God, if those scientists, both of the groups of scientists believe in God as a creator, but that uh, the one group that, that uh, believe that it accounts for uh, all of the diversity of life, believe that that mechanism uh, that God uh, front-loaded, basically, if you will, uh, this to, uh, to occur over time, and that's why we see it that way. So. Uh, there's a number of viewpoints, and it's probably only the one that comes from materialistic assumptions that's really, uh, in my view, in opposition uh, or not compatible with Christianity, okay? So, um, Janine and I probably wouldn't, would, would not necessarily agree on all, that, all what the limits of evolution are, or what it can or can't accomplish. We may have some disagreement there, but we don't have any disagreement of our belief in God and that he is a creator, okay? Yeah. One thing so. I guess I'm hearing you say here is that just necessarily because a person's view on mm -hmm. evolution doesn't necessarily equate with, therefore, there is yeah. no God or no belief in God, that there is plenty of people that are with the consumers as followers of Christ but hold to some aspects of ev yeah. evolution. So. I, would ha I had, uh, we used to have students come over to our home to discuss faith and science and, uh, one question, I, uh, you know, this question would come up and for some of them and I would tell them, well, you know, it's, it's not what you believe about evolution that makes you a Christian or not. It's what you believe about Christ that makes you a Christian or not. Amen to that. I mean, seriously, y'all. Yeah. Focus on that. Russ, you, you kind of mentioned having uh, students come over to your house. I want to talk a little bit about that and ask you, uh, say, ask you a question because... You got into a little bit of trouble several years ago related to that, or at least got accused of some things. And kind of by way of background, I think we as a university or you as men in ministry or students, we have actually a lot of freedom to operate here on campus in terms of our faith. But several, several years ago now, Russ, <laughs> maybe almost 20 years ago, you got called out by name in a university faculty senate about intimidating students. And it was related to you inviting them over to yeah. your house about discussions of faith and science. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and how that turned out for you. <laughs> okay, well, the president of UGA at that time was Mike Adams, and he decided to start a really good, uh, good program, I thought, anyway, uh, uh, to... Uh, professors and their students better acquainted, so he encouraged professors to invite students to their home, you know, 
So I said, oh, that's a good idea. What do I do when they come to my home, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but Cheryl, Cheryl, my wife, and I decided to do that. And uh, slightly uh, a year before, well, that same year, I thought, well, I don't really know what my students know about what I believe about different things or much about me personally. So I want you to, are, are any of you in biochemistry? Anybody? No, not yet, maybe, maybe a few. Okay, so, you know, my first day in biochemistry, there'd be about 200 students in the class, and I said, I want to tell you a little bit about myself, and I tell them about my family and my wife, and that we have six kids, and there's this big gasp, and, and you know, and we've been married, uh, well, 40 years or 50 years or whatever it is, now it's 53 years, you know, <laughs> so, and there's another big gasp and so on, and, and then I just add one phrase at the end, which is, which is very important to me and my wife. And I said, what's, what's most important in my wife and my life is our faith in Christ. And all this, you know, in the first day of class, there's kind of this background noise as the students are talking. And I say that, and it just goes dead silence, you know. And, uh, and that's it. That's it, it took you know, less than five seconds. And then students would be interested and want to come and talk to me about, can I be a Christian and a scientist? You know, things like that. So I thought, well, we'll invite them over and what we'll talk about is faith and science. And uh, the second year I did that, another professor here at the university, not a student in my class, another professor complained to the Senate that I was intimidating my students. And uh, there was a big front, this was when newspapers were still newspapers, you know? <laughs> and so the front page of the paper the next day with the front page headlines of the Athens Banner Herald was Professor Intimidates Students, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so uh, I had uh, to meet with my, uh, the director of the CCRC and with the chairman of my department and letters going back between myself and the president of the university and, and the university council was going to put it on their agenda to see what, could, what they should do about it. And, and uh, what's great about the University of Georgia was is what they decided is that they didn't need to do anything about anything, something like that that was guaranteed my right by the U.S. Constitution, freedom of speech and academic freedom. And my students in my class who were reading all about this thought it was very amusing that they thought a professor could, they could be intimidated by their professor, you know, <laughs> they didn't appreciate that at all. So there were some negative things, but in the end it was a positive, yeah. it was a positive thing for me, yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll just say there, that story, there's a little bit more details he could probably give you, and there's some other stories of, we've had some Christian professors that have been tried to been uh, basically told to stop talking about their faith in appropriate ways, certainly, you know, in appropriate ways. But they've, they've weathered the storm, for lack of a better way of saying it, that I think has really helped create an environment here on campus for you and others to enjoy the freedom to, to live out there, a freedom of religion that our Constitution uh, uh, gives us. So anyway, I do thank, thank folks like you, Russ, and some others that have uh, kind of taken some bullets for, for the rest of us to be able to operate like this. Um, we could go on and on with, with different aspects here. And again, I, as I mentioned here, we're not going to answer all the questions. We'll just maybe scratch the surface a little bit here. 
However, I want to give you some opportunities to, to, if this has piqued your interest a little bit, some opportunities for further study, further diving in a little bit deeper here on this. Three ways, basically, I want, we can do this. One is uh, John mentioned earlier about the, the card in your seat. Uh, there's an opportunity there, just for, if y'all want to go ahead and go ahead and go down. But there's an opportunity there in the uh, bottom. Yeah, thank, thank them. Thank y'all very much for coming tonight here. But the, there's been an opportunity, if you want to meet with some of the staff or some students here, just to talk a little bit more about God and the relationship, what it means to have a relationship with Christ and stuff. We'd love to do that. The two other ways is over there, there's a table, and I'll be over there after the meeting. Uh, there's a professor here who's a director of the Computational Quantum Chemistry Department named Dr. Fritz Schaefer. Dr. Schaefer wrote a, an article titled... Uh, the, uh, Stephen Hawking, The Big Bang in God. Now, it's not just your average little light reading, but I've got about 10, uh, 10 to 12 of those articles, 12-page articles. If you are interested, this is something you really like to discuss. I'd like to give you one of those articles, and Dr. Schaefer has agreed to do a couple of Zoom sessions with two, three, four, five of you together just to allow you to ask some questions of him about faith and science. He, too, like... Russ has faced a lot of opposition through the years, but the, the Lord has protected him, okay? And so Dr. Schaefer would be happy to meet with you via Zoom. Also, Dr. Carlson is, is volunteered. He said, hey, if some students would like to meet for lunch, two, three, four of you would like to go out to lunch with him just to kind of ask him more questions. He's made that available. Again, you can sign up over there on, on the table for that. So I'll be over there at the end. Uh, just for giving you uh, to, for those options just to kind of pursue this more, okay? Why don't I do this? Why don't I just close and thank the Lord for our time here together? Then the, the band will kind of close us up with some song, okay? So let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time tonight just to kind of hear from a couple of people that you have gifted in the science area. Thank you for their willingness to share their life, but also just their intellect, if you will, with us about how they uh, live out their faith, but also how it's uh, helped them really firm up their belief in their relationship with you. So thank you for them. And we pray for them and other professors on this campus that seek to live faithfully for you, Lord Jesus. I pray for those in this audience that are struggling, that have questions, that are legitimate questions. Father, you'd help them to find the answers that they seek. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.